Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another round of Journey Live. Here we are again, uh, celebrating Passion Week. Some people call it Holy Week, and we've got the holiest. What is that going on down there on my screen? Dustin Double A Anderson with the belt and the creeper glasses. <laughs> Just, hey. I know that's what everyone. The champ is here. Yeah. You have your mother-in-law give us the video because I keep hearing about it, but it's been years, dude, like seven, eight years about wrestling videos. It's on eBay, $75 right now. <laughs> yeah. And uh, participation belt right there. That is awesome. Uh, everybody wins now in 2020. We've got, as you can see, an extended panel tonight. Uh, we've got two new additions to our panel that we want to introduce to you. First up, we've got the one and only Matthew Perez right there. I don't know where he's at. Looks like it's uh, Mother Teresa's prayer closet or something. <laughs> uh, I wanted to keep it classy in the background. Yeah, it looks classy. Uh, we've got a lot of people uh, who are coveting your prayer closet right now. Ah. <laughs> um, we do want to also say that Matthew is the guy who is running all of our tech operations right now, filming sound, uh, I don't know, snacks, all that good stuff. He's, he is the mastermind. Uh, and we've also got Kim Rodriguez Riedel. Riedel? How, how Riedel. Are you Riedel. 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 I'm just going to say Rodriguez. I like it. Rodriguez better. But, uh, and then we've got, you want to say anything, Kim? No, it's just, it's good to be here with you guys. It is good to be here. Dustin, right there. We've got Jeff. Oh, the, the young Jeff. Yep, Jeff. Yes. And then we've got Jeff Rodriguez. <laughs> and uh, tonight, I want to know from you guys, what's in your cup? What are you, what are you sipping on right now? I got me a frosty ice uh, latte that I just made, but it's ice, so... When you're doing quarantine stuff, you got to make it your own. So ice latte. Nice. Dustin, what do you got? I have uh, Irish coffee. I mean, I have uh, peach tea at the moment to keep the vocal cords good for this uh, amazing presentation. Nice. Matthew, you've got what? I like the Surfing the Nations Cup. Got to represent Surfing the Nations. I have uh, a classy Starbucks uh, Keurig pod black coffee. Wow, that's a lot of words. Sponsorship. Kim, what are you Sponsored deal. <laughs> I'm actually drinking some tea, English style, with milk and honey, mm. um, in an obsessive coffee disorder cup. Yeah, pinky up and everything. This is <laughs> pinky up. How about Jeffrey Odell Bonesaw Barnett? I have uh, spring water here. <laughs> it's actually spring water from Ojai that I got. I filtered through some uh, charcoal filters, so it's natural. Or white lightning, whatever. Like one moonshine to me. Yeah. <laughs> and I've got uh, tea out of one of my favorite cups. This is uh, my wife's cup. I got her for Christmas the other, or I don't know, Valentine's Day a couple years ago. I love you to the upside down and back, as you can see. Stranger Things. Yeah. Things yeah. that's still a show is that self promotion about buying presents for your wife? Yeah, you know, takes that kind of guy. But anyways, uh, we are here. We want to know what's in your cup. What are you drinking out of tonight? 
because um, we're going to talk about a cup of suffering. I know that's kind of like a really weird segue, but tonight we're going to be discussing the passion of Jesus in light of our world, which is going through a pandemic. We're going to talk about the cross in light of crisis. This week, as we remember the crucifixion and as we celebrate the resurrection, uh, we find ourselves in just really, really strange circumstances. I know as pastors and leaders of the church, this is weird. Like it's totally out of sorts for us. How has our world changed in the past few weeks? What do you think, well, guys? One of the ways, obviously, is we're not together. We've got these crazy stay at home orders social distancing and when you go to the grocery store the other day i got pushed back about eight inches because i wasn't correctly on the six feet square and so just in that it's just crazy to see how the world changed and what might never go back the same yeah so you're violating the uh (laughs) that was five and a half feet instead of uh six feet so nice i'll be getting a ticket yeah what else what else has changed guys I think uh, for for me, I went to the grocery store recently and it was kind of like J-Rod. It was like so weird uh, because like even saying hi to people felt like you were doing something wrong. And so like there's just like this kind of weird atmosphere there. Um, But I like could like see people who are still trying to engage with other people. But at the same time, there's people who are like, even if you say hi, it's like, oh, my gosh, like don't even like talk to me and stuff. It was definitely a weird atmosphere, but then also just to see um, driving, you know, to the grocery store, like the places that are usually like packed in traffic and all full of people are just like empty and desolate. So I think it's just been really weird to kind of see the change and like from our day to day where we're used to going places and seeing lots of people to like places just being shut down and empty. But yeah, it's just been uh, definitely interesting going shopping lately. Yeah, I think introverts call that a win-win. By the way. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely wonderful. <laughs> I don't have to talk to anybody and I get to brush people off. It's so nice. But your kid is home from school all the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's miserable. What? Yeah. I mean, no, it's great. I love this memories that are being formed. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So um, shout out to all the teachers and stay at home moms and dads that, that do this constantly because it is driving me nuts, but it, we are making memories. We're making the best of it. I'm now an exclusive member to ABC Mouse. So, Nice. Yeah. One of the things that is really weird right now is if you cough or sneeze in public, you could get sentenced to the execution. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it the other day, and I was in the bread aisle, and people were just running like the pandemic had just gotten spread. So... Try not to cough in front of public because it's one thing to talk, but if you cough, that'll get you a front row and uh, getting out of the store quickly. Are you you coughing like five and a half feet back in front of the back of the person? Is that why? (laughs) Barnett, what do you got? You were trying to talk. I was going to say, it's weird. You know, they're they're threatening you with jail time, but they're letting low-level offenders, nonviolent criminals out of jail. So it's like, you know, even if you coughed on sun and get arrested, they'll probably let you out. But I think it's going to create a whole generation. They're like hypochondriacs that are afraid of germs. And it's going to be so weird. You know, everyone's going to, I think every flu season we'll see people with masks and everything. Now it's going to change everything. Yeah. I mean, what do you think, Kim? What have, what have you seen? I, I was kind of shocked because this weekend um, I went running at the park and 
it was roped off and closed and I felt like I was breaking the law because I went running around the track. And then uh, Sunday I took a, a, a ride down to the beach and the same thing, the sheriffs were out in full force and didn't want anybody on the beach. Like it's illegal right now to go to the beach. So yeah, you feel like you're breaking the law from if you leave your house. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. We enter the store looking like Darth Vader, you know, and, uh, we have to power wash ourselves with Purell and, you know, lather up in, in Lysol, all the, all these things that we have to do. It's such an ordeal, but you know, uh, there's so many people I feel who are, are struggling in a lot of other ways, uh, especially when we think about the hospitals who are just struggling right now with the, the surge of new patients, lack of supplies and life-saving uh, equipment. Um, people suffer right now in, in so many different ways, grief, loss, death, and dying. But the question I think we, we want to explore tonight has a lot to do with that. It's, well, what does the cross of Jesus have to say about it all? You know, suffering, it can press us on every side. It can trouble us. It can crush us. It can perplex us. It can drive us to despair. And, and when we feel like, man, I, I feel hunted down. I feel like even God maybe has abandoned us. It can knock us down and, and just completely destroy us. What do we learn in general um, from suffering, from people who are experiencing stories of it? But uh, what, what do we learn from suffering? I say I've learned a lot um, hearing different different people and also experiencing things at the same time. Uh, we get to learn about our will and kind of our way of how we're moving through this this suffering. We get to see what we're truly made up on from the inside and outside. Also, what the mental state that we have. We get to evaluate our our hearts and we get to see our abilities at the same time. Uh, that being said. We have to refigure some of us are finding out what we're going to do in our daily life. Uh, we had to rewrite the book of what a schedule looks like. We have to find new jobs. We have to do all these different things. So through these times of uh, suffering, we get to, to see different sides of it. We even see some bad sides of people, uh, unfortunately. You see the people you know, stockpiling all these things and not thinking about other people. You see people using faith against other people. You get to see all these different bad sides that people keep inside and now that this is going on they, they push it to the forefront um but we also get to see the progress of these events we get to see that our abilities of what we're truly made of of how we step out of the equation and now god's actually able to do what he's able to do through these times of suffering where we can't do it ourselves we can't come through the answer all we can simply do now is go to jesus and say okay how are you going to make sense of this? We need to put our faith into you. And so I think all these, these past things that I've been feeling, that I've been experiencing, um, that I've read through the Bible and people went through suffering back then, it's just a history lesson of we're going to look back and say, I grew so much more in this time of suffering. that um, It's hard to see at this exact moment for some people how this is going to be brought out for good. But when we look back, you're going to see something positive come through it. So, uh, Kim, you've got a story about suffering. What, what have you learned uh, in your personal life about suffering? Oh, she's muted. Yeah, sorry. Wait, I know there one, it is. I got it. Um, one of the most difficult experiences that I ever went through um, 
before I moved on to the mission field full time, I actually um, came down with hepatitis um, from some food or something that I ate. And I had never been so sick in my whole life. Um, I ended up in the hospital for about three days. I was down in Mexico. Jacob and I were living down there, but only part-time. I was still working here in, Ox in Oxnard um, at the school district. Um, but it was really interesting during that season of my life because um, I was basically like in bed for almost a month, uh, just super weak. And, um, but, but what happened is I started reading God's word. And I remember at one point, um, one of the missionary women was actually feeding my son because I was too weak to cook for him. And I was paranoid about um, getting other people sick, sick because hepatitis is, can be contagious. But what happened was she prayed for me and she was like, Jesus, you are a man of suffering and you are acquainted with suffering. And I was so moved by that prayer. But what happened is I really used that time to start reading scripture and really trying to hear from God. And it, it was actually during that season of suffering that I made the decision to um, take a leave of absence as a teacher and move down to Mexico full time. So although it was a very difficult experience, it's like um, instead of the enemy using it to discourage me to not go down to Mexico, it actually like gave me like the perseverance to go, no, this is where I feel like God's calling me to. And I'm not going to let a little bit of hepatitis hold me back from, um, from what, this dream that I have to be a full-time missionary in Mexico. That is awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, I, I never knew that about you. That is amazing. And what I, what I wrote down when you were talking was, was weakness and difficulty and hearing from God and finding that newness, even in the middle of, of the suffering experience. But like, how does the cross of Jesus relate to our suffering. You, you talked about how um, Jesus' experience is acquainted with suffering and sorrow. Uh, what do you guys think about how does the cross of Jesus relate to our suffering? I know it may seem strange, but I think a lot of times as people and human beings, we, we create some kind of spiritual fantasy that suffering doesn't exist. You know, I see it even in churches. It doesn't matter what religion, but we, we come up with this fantasy, like if you reach this this place that with God or in your spirituality, spirituality that you're just not going to suffer anymore. And that's not true because Jesus himself uh, being born as a human experienced tremendous suffering at the cross. In fact, uh, I can't remember what verse it is, but it, it was written about him that he was made perfect by it, which is such a strange uh, meaning that he was made perfect through his submission to God, through his suffering with God. And, I think what one thing that it how it kind of relates to our suffering is that I feel like a lot of times uh, spiritual people or leaders it doesn't matter what religion are so unapproachable. It's it's just a strange thing that they're they're almost like you know they have a halo around their head and you can't approach them you can't talk to them. I remember growing up at a church and and you know it's like the head pastor was was some uh, some you know un, unapproachable person or. You know, even some missionaries, they were like unapproachable and they just seem like, you know, these super holy people. But I don't get that with Jesus. Like, I think, in fact, if I were to see him, I would feel like I could approach him. And it's because 
he went through so much and he suffered and he knows what suffering is like. And, and you can relate to that. You can relate to someone that has gone through the pain and, and, and the sorrow like, like you have. And so I feel like that it kind of creates this, this, this link and this bond with him and this like trust that you're like, okay, like I know like he's, he's not going to leave me. He's not going to abandon me in this time. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a quite big subject, but that's one thing. Any, any other thoughts? I wanted to add to that a little bit because I thought that I like what you said, the perfect in suffering. The scripture tells us that he, made, he made, was made perfect. And I was taught a long time ago from a pastor. I remember a lot of sermons in my head and he was teaching that, that the suffering is really the tests that we have or the things that we've got to go through in life. And that when we get to heaven, that's where we're going to mine all the gold, all the beautiful uh, things that God has given us. That's where the fruit comes from in our lives. It's like out of the suffering and the things that I do, how I respond either produces a great fruit um, uh, from the kingdom or a lack of fruit because I respond humanly or I respond as Christ would want to respond. So for me, I learned a long time ago and it really changed the concept of me for suffering, which is I've got to look at it as, as an opportunity for me to grow and become a better person, uh, become a better Christian, become a better father, friend, and so much more. And uh, it's really something that I look at as we kind of look at the cross is the cross shows us how to live it out and to celebrate it, even though it might look horrible during that time. It's amazing when we hear these stories too. I was listening to, to Kim and, and Jeffrey and Jeff. I mean, that's part of the thing I want to, Wednesdays are meant to be interactive. So you at home, I know there's been some suffering in your, your households. Um, and that's part of the testimonies moving forward. What Jeff's talking about, you get to see the fruit. So as we go along this conversation, I encourage you guys, comment some of the things that you've learned from yeah. the past. We get to learn from each other. We didn't know this about Kim. And then we get to learn this little bit of tidbit that we can actually grow from. So I encourage you guys, comment on this so we can hear about these stories. You can encourage other people that may be going through the same thing. Yeah, for me, what, what resonated with what J-Rod was saying was, you know, this concept of suffering in our own lives. Uh, for me, I've always, like, uh, struggled with it in the past, but it came to a point where I, I began to understand that, like, you know, suffering, um, you know, it's it's not that it's it's bad in a sense. Like, it does suck. It is hard, but, like, hard isn't bad. Hard is just hard. It's, like, to understand that, like, when we go through these you know, seasons where we're suffering or we're struggling. It's like, yeah, it's hard, but hard isn't bad. I mean, working out and going to the gym is hard, but it's definitely not bad for you. And so for me, it was like, you know, I want to be able to see the seasons that I go through where it's like, it feels like it's suffering. I want to see it as an opportunity to grow in my faith and strengthen my foundation in God. And especially as we continue to like grow um, ourselves, you know, I hope that our mindsets are going to be like that, where it's like, you know, although I'm going through this, it's hard, but it's not bad. It just means that I want, I need to strengthen myself in, in, in my relationship with God. Yeah. Wow. Dude, that was good. Where, where'd you get that one? Hard isn't bad. I like that. It's just hard. Uh, it's just hard. And, and that's the idea that in the cross, we see how Jesus not only understands our suffering, he actually identifies with suffering, undergoes suffering and, and has, is the one who bears suffering for a purpose. And I think this is the verse that Jeffrey Barnett, you were talking about in Hebrews chapter two, verses nine through 10. You want to read that for us? I think this is the one you're talking about, Jesus. Yeah, let's bring it up right yeah. now. Uh, yeah, it's the Hebrews. It says, 
Because he suffered death for us, he is now crowned with glory and honor. Yes, by God's grace, Jesus tasted death for everyone. God, for whom and through whom everything was made, chose to bring many children to glory. And it was only right that he should make Jesus, through his suffering, a perfect leader fit to bring them into their salvation. Yeah, so I think this this verse here, it tells us a lot about the purpose behind the suffering. It's not just a sad story about a, a peasant in the first century who, who gets pinned up on a Roman cross because the system is against him and his revolutionary ways of changing everything. He, it's not just that this innocent man falls victim to violence and pain and shame and, and suffering, but it, it has great purpose. We, we see here because he suffered death for us. He tasted death for everyone and through his suffering becomes this perfect leader fit to bring them into their salvation. Uh, so let's talk a little bit more. How is the purpose of Jesus' suffering purposeful? How, how, maybe I should say it correctly. How is the suffering of Jesus purposeful? I think uh, one of the biggest, um, the biggest parts about, you know, the purpose of this was to be able to have relationship with God the Father, you know, without... Christ uh, laying down his life and dying on the cross, you know, we wouldn't be able to go to God, the father, we wouldn't be able to pray to him um, and just ask for the strength or forgiveness or peace or joy or love or the things that that we need um, when we're going through different seasons in our life. And for me, I think what comes up um, when it, when I think about this is like, you know, the justification and sanctification that comes, you know, through this gift and, you know, the justification being the finished work of Christ on the cross. So knowing that, you know, we are justified because Christ died on the cross. Now we have access to God, the father, and then sanctification being, you know, the ongoing work of Christ in our life, you know, being made in the likeness of him, being able to grow in our uh, understanding of him and, and, you know, who we are in Christ. And so for me, I think that the, you know, it's purposeful because, you know, it gives us the access to the one who gives us our identity, you know, he, who gives us our purpose, who gives us our calling. And so it's always been uh, meaningful because it, it really opened my eyes to, you know, how thankful I am for this ultimate gift uh, because without it, you know, I don't know where I would be at. I don't know what I would be doing. And so for me, I think it, it's, it's so important to remember, you know, I try to remind myself every day, you know, you know, I'm justified, you know, through the blood of Christ and I'm sanctified, you know, being made in his likeness, you know, but I have to be in this like mindset where, I, you know, every day I want to renew my mind every day. I want to grow with him. I wish they had like a fire reaction that I could make. That's the best I can do is clap Matthew on more often. <laughs> Thumbs up. <laughs> I love it. Uh, peace, love, justification. That mean, means being made right with God, access, likeness. All of that is so purposeful and it's found in actually the suffering of Jesus. Anyone else want to comment on that? I think the identity was a big part that Matthew talked about that stood out to me was like my identity. I have purpose because of Jesus and his suffering and it helps me have identity. I know that Kim's been teaching through identity a couple of different seasons, but it's a big part of who we are. Matthew said, what, where would he be? He'd be surfing in some foreign country with no real purpose, but just catching a wave. Do you got the wave, Jeremy? I, I, I'm going to pull up the wave. I think Matthew's on this wave too. <laughs> but the point of it is, is having a purpose outside of it. There it is right there. That's where he would be, barreling. <laughs> <laughs> <Another> way. <laughs> oh, I'm going the wrong way. I don't know. 
Dude, dyslexic much or what? <laughs> well, it might be mirrored on yours. So, um, Anyways, what I was just kind of concluding with is my identity goes into what Jesus has done on the cross and through the cross and, and within the cross. And it happened to other people and that uh, and then had an impact on me and my identity. So I'm thankful for the person before me that went so that they can share it with me and we get to share it with someone else. So how about hope? How, how does suffering produce hope? How, how does the suffering of Jesus actually give us that? You know, I love what it says in um, Hebrews chapter 12. It says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, who, the, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, yeah. scorning its shame. So it's like we have hope in the cross because Jesus was willing to suffer because of the joy that was set before him, the joy of having you um, knowing the Father, the joy of you becoming a child of God. And um, so we can have hope when we look at the cross because we realize that Jesus took everything that was hindering our ability to have a relationship with the Father he, he, he paid for it. He removed it. He released forgiveness. And so now we can have hope as we fix our eyes on Jesus, who's the author. He's, he's the one who wrote about our salvation, and he's the perfecter of our faith. He's the one who, who perfects us as we suffer and as we go through different things in our lives. You know, I, I – oh, did someone want to share? Someone oh. talk to you? I, I hear those things and I know those things are so true like in, in the people's lives right here, but how can they go from, from the text of Hebrews to the heart and soul of me? Like how can I remain faithful and not give up, you know, in a time of suffering, in a time of trial when like I know the words to be true, how does it get into my heart? to remain faithful, that, that steadfast walk um, day in and day out. How is that possible? For me, it's opening up my heart that you're talking about and believing wholeheartedly and in, in trusting in the plan that's going to be in ahead, who I'm walking with. That, that's going to be the ultimate reason of who I'm living life with in that midst of suffering is who am I living life with. And it's the expectations that he has conquered death, he has washed away sins. He has comforted us in other times in need. He has been our strength when we've needed him the most. So we get this chance to just completely trust in him because of the expectations of what he told us. He said he's going to protect us. He said he's going to be there for us. He's going to bring us through this. He said he's waiting for us with a glorious inheritance. So I'm trusting wholeheartedly that he's going to be a, a man of his words because he always has been. He's never let us down. So like I mentioned earlier, to not give up hope, not lose this, this faithfulness, because I know his strength is going to carry us through. And I know it's because I've read in scripture how he's delivered time and time again. And I've seen in my own life time and time again how he's delivered above and beyond expectations. So I'm going to continue trusting in him that in the midst of the suffering that's happening now or that's even going to happen in the future, that he's going to bring myself, he's going to bring my family and whoever else through it. Let's check out First Peter when, when it talks about that, what, what you're talking about, the, the great expectation there. First Peter 1, 3 through 7. 
you want to read that for us, Dustin? You got it. It said, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again, because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation, and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is to be tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Amen. I love that. In uh, in high school, we had to read this terrible book by Charles Dickens. I, I like Charles Dickens, but not this one. It was called Great Expectations. And there was this like weird scene with Miss Havisham who has this wedding dress and her house burns down. It's just really like, kind of a creepy story. But this this young boy ends up inheriting everything from her i guess i don't i don't even remember i got tired of the book but it's this idea that we have this priceless inheritance that we live with a great expectation we may not have it now in its fullness but we will experience it someday and so that's what it says in verse six that we can be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead and and these are just words describing the experience that is unable to be described with words and the I, I love what verse I think it's verse six says in the second half that even though you must endure many trials for a little while. Can I add to this a little bit? No. Not to scripture because I know I can't do that, but I just wanted to add a personal story. I know Dustin was asking you to put your comments down. But on Friday uh, evening or uh, early afternoon, I was talking to a, uh, a single mom uh, uh, just via text who was broken and crying in her room and needed a break from the kids. And, you know, it was just horrific for her at that moment, cabin fever and no real break from the kids and doesn't have that person to come in. And we just sat and we kind of texted a few moments and I sent some scripture and she just started to read it. And it was the hope that you guys have been talking about where she just came to a place where she realized that Jesus was enough. If this was all that I was ever going to get, that he was going to be enough. And instantly the, the hysteria and panic and crying and the brokenness, just reading a little bit of scripture and then a, a, a prayer that I said over the thing just kind of brought her to a level of peace did it solve any problem? It didn't solve it, but it solved her brokenness. And there was this point of hope. She goes, you're right. It's all about Jesus. He is enough. And uh, the next few days, it changed her concept. And this week is a better week because Jesus is enough. What he did on the cross and uh, how he died and how he, he uh, experienced death frees us so that we can have hope too and uh, it's a beautiful moment when we're reading this and and then it plays out in in real life and you were saying jeremy how do we do it we have to come to that place that acceptance of who he is mm -hmm. 
And I think, uh, you know, let's talk a little bit more about this. What are, what are some ways maybe you who are, are listening right now, but write in the comment section, how, how do you strive to remain faithful and not give up? But uh, on our panel, what are some things that you do? Let's, let's toss this around a little bit more. What are some things you do to remain faithful and not give up, even in times of suffering and trial? You know, for me, I, I think uh, it's been uh, one of those things that it has to come to this realization that like, you know, the, the remaining faithful and not giving up isn't something that you do just when it's necessary, just when there's a pandemic, just when, you know, there's a, a struggle or a trial that you face. It's being able to like stay faithful, even when you're on the mountaintop, having a great, you know, your life and things are going great and all this stuff, but like understanding that, you know, your, our dependence needs to be on God uh, in and out of season, no matter what you're facing. I mean, it's, it's this consistency that comes from, you know, staying in the word and staying faithful to growing in the word and your understanding of the word and your identity in him and, uh, and all that, that, that gives you this, this foundation that is even stronger when you do end up facing, you know, these kinds of, of circumstances with, you know, pandemics and the fear, the doubt, the worries and the anxieties. It's, it comes from, you know, there, there's already been a consistency of, of, you know, waking up and getting into the word and connecting with him and spending time with him to where, you know, when, when, you know, the world seems like it's falling apart around you uh, the next day. I mean, you know that when you wake up, man, my God is still faithful. He's still holy. He's still righteous and he's still on the throne. And so for me, I think, uh, you know, I've had to come to that realization because I have struggled with it. You know, it's hard to, you know, when my life is going great and things seem like they're just, you know, on the up and up, it's like, oh yeah, cool. Like, you know, I'm just going to wake up and start my day. I don't need God right now. But in reality, I, I definitely do. And I, I, I struggle with it, but I try to um, you know, make that a point of like, you know, no matter whether, you know, life's great or whether life is a struggle, I'm going to continue to, to seek him out and, uh, and rely on him for, you know, my strength so that, you know, I don't give up in times of struggle. It's good. Barnett, what do you got? What do you do? You're, you're pretty uh, a routine guy who has uh, different things that you do to remain faithful and not give up. Uh, one thing that I've added, and I used to not really see the, the benefit of this because I, I kind of grew up pretty independent and I've, I've, I've always like, and I think in, in some ways in, in Christianity in America, we're, we're kind of like very independent focused rather than the traditional views or how, how like a Jewish community would live, which is very communal. And I, I remember reading a pastor, who was, he was talking about how, how to survive ministry. And he was saying, like, one way to ensure your survival ministry, because um, I don't know if the viewer knows, but, like, I think most pastors only last, like, two or five years in ministry. It's not very long after graduating seminary. But this pastor, you know, he's led a successful church. I think his, his name's Ted Roberts. And he was saying, you need to have a group of people that you trust that know everything about you, that you can literally tell them anything. And I, that just really hit me. And so I'm a part of a group where I could literally share anything, you know, what, what dark sin I'm in or, or how I actually feel about things and to be completely real and completely honest. And that's something new I've added to my life because to be honest, like, I don't think we can make it on our own. Like I, I work out with a buddy of mine and some days, like it's just like some days he's struggling. Right. And I'm the one that's kind of like carrying it and like, come on, we can do this. And then other days he's doing great and I'm like suffering and it's like, I just see him and it just brings me 
courage and it helps me. And I just think that's the human condition, right? We have our good days and we can help carry other people, but then we have our like bad days where we need to like lean on someone else and, and have them kind of carry us through it. And so, and I think that's why God made community. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really don't believe in like the, the saints who are just like these Rambo type cowboy figures that are just solo. I don't think you can, you can make it. So. I just watched Rambo the other night, by the way. I think we lost all our Texas viewers. Yeah. Um, are there, are there Cowboys in Texas? I, I don't know if that's a thing anymore. Not real ones. There's America's team, but that's, that's a whole bunch of Cowboys. Uh, so uh, speaking of, of suffering like the Cowboys have for a long time, the, the idea, why do I have to use stupid segues like that? Yeah, what's in your cup? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, nice one. Yeah, this is fail. Let's just rewind the tape. Can we just rewind this yeah. now? This is live, right? Um, I want us to know, basically, in a nutshell, that as we move through Passion Week, as we move into uh, the crucifixion and then the resurrection of Jesus, that He understands our suffering. That that He identifies with our suffering. That He's already undergone suffering and and bore all our suffering past present and and future so that we can have hope and so that we can have a future and and nothing says it like second corinthians 4 8 through 18 this one it says it all for me and since we've got matthew here i just want to hear that beautiful soulful voice dulcet tones reading the second corinthians 4 8 through 18 It says, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believe in God, so I spoke. We know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. Amen. So let's hear it, guys. Final word. Anything on your heart right now um, as we move into Passion Week, as we move through this, this episode of suffering, what's the final word? What's on your heart? I kind of just want to echo that um, that scripture that Matthew just read because um, 
I remember there was a certain point in my life where I read that, that chapter of um, Corinthians, and it filled me with so much joy and so much hope uh, that it seemed like any time I would go through a season of being sad or discouraged, I would read that, that chapter of Scripture, and for some reason, it would change my attitude. And I feel like um, that's kind of what I, I want to leave with everybody this week is that I think the more that you take the word of God and you make it your own, the more that you read it, the more that you say it out loud, um, the more that you pray, the more that you look for ways to connect with God and worship him, um, those kinds of things can really affect your attitude. They can really affect the way you're seeing life. Um, and um, it can give you a sense of hope. It can give you a sense of joy. Even like was shared earlier, when nothing changes around you, it's like your attitude, your outlook is what changes. And, um, and it gives you like the courage to face whatever you're going through. And so um, I'm just so grateful for, for you know, God's word um, and the way that it can uh, really give you hope and give you joy in your life. Yeah, this is final word for me is we want to hear what's going on in your life. If you're afraid or if you have some reservations, if you're nervous, leave those in the comment section because we, we want a, a prayerful community. Uh, we want to be in tune with each other's lives. And, and that's what I'll walk our way with. Like, how do I know that I can put my hope and trust into Jesus? How do I know that he's listening to my prayers? Look at this whole week of what he went through just for each and every one of us. So he, he wants to be in our lives. He wants us to be connected. So leave your prayer request, trust and hope in him because he's a, he's a mighty savior. Is that? We Go need ahead, to Matt. I, you I guys, are, you guys, are you guys still here? Like, uh, final word. Music. I'll, I'll hey, go. Okay. I remember a long time ago, my, I used to love this song, I think, by Chumbawamba. It said, I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never going to keep me down. And I remember doing this hike. It was like the hardest hike I, I imagined. It was like 40 miles and like six, you know, I had a lot of elevation, which was the worst part. But that song was just playing in my head. And it actually, I, didn't, I just realized in the scripture, it says, you know, Paul's writing, we get knocked down, but we're not destroyed. And I think about all the times I've been knocked down in life, right? And you thought it was over. You thought the count, you know, you're going to be down for the count and it was like the end, but somehow, some way, like God helps you to get back up and you, you're, you don't end up getting destroyed. Sometimes you end up getting better. And so that's kind of what I want to leave with people. Yeah, we, you might be knocked down right now, but you're not going to be destroyed. It's not, it's not over yet. It's not over until God says it's over. And I really believe that there's going to like, there's going to be so much personal growth, but also so much church growth uh, from this time. Did he say Chomba Wamba? <laughs> when you can put Chomba Wamba in a sermon, you get like a kudos. That's like near impossible. And it's now trending on Twitter right now just because you said it. So I'll, I'll go. Uh, you know what I was thinking about um, was um, what are we going to do with this time? 
That's what I've been thinking about myself. What am I going to do with this time? The Bible has these numbers. I talked a little bit about on three as a, as a perfect number, but the number 40 has a huge uh, uh, part of our life as well. It's a transformational, transitional number, and we see it all throughout the Bible. And this is a time, well, what are we going to do if we're uh, secluded or in this social distancing, stay-at-home effect? for 40 days. What are we going to do and how are we going to find hope? And what are we going to grow from during this time? Maybe it's like what some of these guys said, read the word or get into an accountability group, uh, continue on your community group or join it. But use this time to edify yourself and grow and learn to uh, walk out of some of the places of fear and 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 uh, frustration and unforgiveness and you know I remember when I was locked up I I decided that I was going to use this time and not just waste it playing basketball and pinochle and gambling for soups which you could do I decided I was going to read the word of God and you've got this forty day time period that we might be distancing from each other but you can come out of it better than you went into it. You can use this time. And so that's really the word for me is, how are we going to use this time that we're distancing and remember how fun it was to be with friends and family so that when we get back to that stage, we won't take those times for granted. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. I mean, I think it's, uh, for me, I think it, it just comes down uh, to just really challenging you guys um, to, to really find a foundation that you can you can continue to establish even after you know everything is is said and done to to know that like right now is a great opportunity to grow um, spiritually and to have a you know an opportunity to to take all this downtime and put it into a place that's that's going to grow you spiritually it's going to grow you uh, emotionally it's going to grow you mentally kind of like what Gerard was saying and and don't don't let this time go by where at the, when it's all said and done it's like man what did I do. Well, I just finished like 14 uh, TV series and like 37 uh, movies, and that's uh, that's about it. But like to know that, you know, I came out of this, yeah, Dustin, <laughs> Disney Plus all day, every day. But like to take this opportunity and, and to grow um, with God and, and really see him uh, solidified as your foundation and not just in a time of pandemic, but even after it's all said and done to know that, you know, this is going to continue on Um you know, as a, as a way to grow um, with him. And, and no matter what I face in the future, I'm going to continue to seek him out. But um, I'm definitely thankful for uh, the time I've been able to spend with my family. Um, it's definitely been kind of weird. My, I've never talked to my grandparents as much as I have uh, in this whole pandemic. And uh, it's been it's been great, though. It's definitely been uh, awesome to be able to connect. So don't don't uh, take for granted the time that you guys get to connect with the people that you don't usually do. Amen. That's great. Uh, the, the word I'm walking away with is that hard isn't bad. And that comes from Matthew, Matthew Perez right there. Um, just thank you guys so much for being on the panel today as we look forward for Holy Passion Week. Uh, we've got Passion Friday coming at you at yeah. 7 p.m. virtually. And we've got Sunrise Service on Easter Sunday at 6.15 and you can watch it in bed. I mean, you can. You don't even have to get out of bed this year. It's, it's amazing. And then we have our, our Sunday services at 9 and 11. Hope you join in. Thank you all so much for being here. Uh, where's the belt? Where are the glasses? Sawyer's right. <laughs> got them. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Wow. God bless America. We better turn uh, this out right now. Yeah. See you guys. Thank you. Yeah.